0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Bucketheads, your favorite college basketball podcast that is running with you all year long, in season, off season, Christmas season, summer season. We're always here, but we're here every other week now because there's just not a to talk about on a week-to-week basis, but it's been two weeks, so we have tons to talk about today, Justin. Um, I am Connor Lamans. if you're just joining us for the first time, my co-host here is Justin Golba, um, and we are going to be talking a lot about the Buckeyes today, maybe a little bit about Michigan, because that's kind of a shit show, but uh, mostly we're talking about the Buckeyes, because there was a flurry of uh, transactions, if you will, with Ohio State just in the past 24 hours, Justin. Yeah, Um I think
1: what we all expected happened with Tanner Holden hitting the transfer portal. Um, it's kind of crazy. I remember the day that he committed to Ohio State I was golfing. Um, we got the, I, I, I got the news a little bit early that the, or I saw that he was committing. So that was always nice. But uh, now it's over. It's fun while it lasted. Uh, hope he finds a nice place. I don't know where he'll go. I hope he goes to Kent State. I don't think he'll go to Kent State.
0: I don't think I'm I, do wanna, a major. I would like we'll to see. get into that just a little bit more because that's a topic that I think a lot of Ohio State fans are all gonna have their opinions on, this, that, or the other about Tanner Holden. Um I think you and I basically agree. I think that Tanner Holden is good enough to play in the big ten. I don't think there was really any time this season when I watched Tanner Holden and thought like, yeah, this guy looks really overmatched. Like he's not a big ten player. I thought that in the limited minutes he got, I thought this is a guy that if you give him more minutes, he probably could be pretty productive. But it sounds like off the court practice, other things that were going on between him and the coaching staff, just we're not quite seeing eye to eye on certain things about what happens on the court. Um and we're not lot. we don't see those things. We don't know the answers, and it's really not a benefit to any coaches in the program to come out and say, for example, um, Yeah. Me and Tanner have been fighting a lot and uh, we are just not seeing eye to eye right now. So he's not going to play tonight. Like it does not benefit anybody to come out and say, this is exactly what we're arguing about. Something was going on off the court. It it just, it didn't work out. And because of that, he fell out of the rotation. um, And it's tough to see an older player uh, signing up to like do that for another year. When last year the team was already bad. So it's not that he's a bad player. I don't think that it's that the coaches like misused him or underused him or overused him. Uh, we just don't get to see what happens in practice and off the court. We're never going to get a reason why, but he he's not going to sign up for another year of 14 minutes a game.
1: So we run into the issue, and it's hilarious to say this because Ohio State was bad last year. They finished 13th in the Big Ten, but you do run into an issue of there's only so many mouths to feed, right? And I think the problem is when you look at a guy like like Tanner Holden, he was behind Justice Sewing and Bryce Sensible, for the most part, who, you know, Bryce is gonna be first round pick. Justice Sewing was on over in all Big Ten, even though Ohio State fans love to shit on him for whatever reason. I don't know. I'll never figure that out. But yeah, I mean could he play played better, sure, but he didn't play bad, that's for sure. Anyway, I'm not gonna get into that rant today, but um he's behind those two guys. You also have Ice Likely, who is your your best defender. Right, Ice left a lot to be desired on the offensive side, but he was your best defender all year on a team that's bad at defense, so you need him to play. You also have Gene Brown, who, again, played good defense in the minutes he had, could shoot the ball. You kind of wanted to get him into the rotation if you could. And then you have Roddy Gale, a young freshman who you're trying to work into the rotation. Obviously, a very highly touted recruit that you don't want to walk out the door, so you try to get him as many minutes as you can. You just have a lot going on and you have a lot of players and it's not going to change next year with Jameson battle coming in. He's going to be a day one starter. Now you have Scotty Middleton and Devin Royal. They're going to want to play immediately. You still have Roddy Gale, right? You still have these guys that are going to take up a lot of minutes. So it's not, a. don't think it's, it's less of a question of could Tanner Holden produce at a big 10 level? I think he probably could. If you gave him, you know, like you said, the 25 minutes a game, he could probably be a eight to ten point per game score it's just a matter of is that role there for him specifically and it's tough for a guy like you know for Holden who was the dude at Wright State right he he was averaging 20 points a game he was their guy it's tough for him to sit down and even accept that role of you know whatever it was in the beginning of the season 12 to 15 minutes and then as the season went on because it seemed like he probably wanted more minutes. They were trying to get more minutes for other people. Gene Brown would be under the rotation. Um, you know, I think I think people tend to overlook how good some guys are. Like, for example, there were people that thought Ice shouldn't even be on the floor. I mean, he was your best defender almost by far. And the things he was doing on the floor, if you're really paying attention, were incredibly useful. So it's things like that that, like, yeah, you have to get him on the floor. You have to try to, especially on a team that was bad at defense, you got to keep your best defender on the floor. I think that was where Tanner is a very good offensive player. He was a decent defender, from what I gathered. And you know, you have the offense. They had the weapons. They had the Sean McNeils, the Bryce Sensabaughs, the Bruce Dawkins, the Justice Sewings. They needed guys that could play really good defense to try to do something on the defensive end of the floor, get some stops. And that was Ice and Gene Brown, were two of their better defenders with with Justice Sewings. So I think it was just a it's just a role kind of thing. You know, sometimes the fit isn't there. We want the fit to be there. They want the fit to be there. But ultimately, it just seemed like the fit wasn't there. And at the end of the day, in the transfer portal era, if the fit's not there, you move on. I don't know what he's going to do in terms of a a two-time transfer, but that's not for me to figure out. It's for him to figure out.
0: Yeah, I saw something from Adam Jardy today. Um, I don't know. Adam Jardy, he will dig in. Friend of the pot, Adam Jardy, he will dig in. He will he will go right to the source, and he will, like, straight up ask. Um, he definitely is following the policy of the, the least – the worst they can tell you is no or, like, I'm not telling you. Right, he put yeah. something in his article about Jardy – I'm sorry, about Jardy, about Tanner that basically said if he went back to Wright State, which would be really weird and also kind of funny, he might be able to pick right back up and keep playing at Wright State if that's where he went. But otherwise – He might have to sit a year, which would be his fifth year, to be able to play his sixth year unless he can somehow find a way to graduate from college in the next, uh, however, like whenever teams report, I guess teams usually report in like June-ish, unless he can find a way to finish up his college credits by like June and become a graduate transfer and go play somewhere, he might have to go to Wright State or city year. So that's kind of wacky. Um, I just think that, it, you know, you never know what's going on behind closed doors. If you look at Iowa State, if you if you know Ball, you know Caleb Grill was yeah. a really good player at Iowa State. Um, apparently, he got into it with the Iowa State coaching staff towards the end of the season. I I want to say that was like late February. Um, yeah, yeah, it was good late, player. late February. They kicked him off the team. Um, I'm not saying that Holden and, and like Holtman got into a like fight like to that level, but it's just it just goes to show that you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Caleb grill was like a 10 point per game score. At Iowa state, whatever happened behind closed doors with that staff. They just, they just got rid of Caleb grill. Like you could be a good player. And if there are things going on off the court that you're like bucking heads, then you're having problems that could impact how much you play on the floor, even if you're a good player. So we'll, we'll never know, but um, it would be cool if he, if he went back to Wright state and let it up or something, he was always a nice guy with the media.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he's your definition of like he's not going to be an NBA player, but he can definitely be an overseas guy. Go back to Wright State or go to a max school if you can get the if you can get the waiver. Go hoop average 20 a game and then go play overseas, you know, have a professional career overseas. At Ohio State, you you know you're probably no matter what, you're not going to get that role with these freshmen coming in with Thornton, Gale, Akpara, Jameson Battle. You're never going to get that role of 20 points a game. So, you know, just go there and go somewhere even if you go back to right state i'm sure they'll welcome you with open arms go hoop go play professionally so you
0: know yeah no reason I mean to
1: that, sit on the end of the bench and
0: cheerlead and that's brand, that's brand new like that just happened we're recording this at about seven o'clock on what's today wednesday, wednesday. That, that, came go, like, that came out like that came out like 330 today and then just yesterday um he didn't announce he was transferring yesterday but he did announce where he was going uh Gene Brown's going to the Sun Belt. He's going to the Fun Belt to play at uh, Georgia Southern, which is home state. He's from Conyers, Georgia. He's going to be playing at Georgia Southern. Um, definitely keep an eye on Gene. I think he is a player that we, we talked about him a few weeks ago. I think he's a guy that every championship level team would love a Gene Brown on the bench, but it's tough to sell a senior on coming back for a role of 10 minutes a game. Um, when they could go play 28 to 30 minutes at a school closer to home instead of sitting the bench, just up to the player. Tough to sell him on the, to come back when he had graduated and can, you know, peace out, go closer to home, be closer to his family. We'll definitely keep an eye on Gene Brown. And the Sun Belt is not a terrible conference. It's a fun conference to watch. Yeah, and they don't just call it the Fun Belt because it rhymes, uh,
1: but that does help. I'm not going to sit here and rehash the last four minutes of what I said about Tanner Holden for Gene Brown because it's the same exact situation of just roll and time and minutes and stuff. So good luck to him. I'm predicting 25 minutes a game, 12 points a game, five rebounds. Clip this.
0: call and, G- and the Gene Brown and the Tanner Holden moves, it kind of wraps in. Man, we had uh, – they added – we didn't even – I forgot about adding Dale Bonner too. We didn't talk about that because that's new. Um, I was going to say it. Bryce Sensabaugh, Bryce Sensabaugh, his – scholarship situation because he is probably going to go to the draft, but currently he is out in California, actually with justice suing as hilarious. Um, If you follow justice suing on Instagram, um, there's a lot of Bryce sensible on justice suing's Instagram story. So while Bryce is out working out for teams uh, out West, like talking to NBA teams, I think he's either staying with justice suing or staying very close to justice suing and it's a very wholesome go like go follow justice suing it's really wholesome you have like big brother little brother vibes going on it's hilarious but uh, i guess circling back he's probably going to go to the draft he's going to stay uh stay in the draft which means that scholarship would open up with Tanner gone they would have one empty spot
1: yeah um and also suing's been playing in the portsmouth invite so that's been a you know that's a big thing for guys that like kind of are on the fringe of like probably an overseas career kind of thing so um, there's a lot of familiar names that play in that, so he's still hooping. I think he's been playing pretty well. Yeah. Um I love the Dale Bonder pickup. The Dale Bonder pickup is the definition of like it's not gonna it's not gonna, you know, hit any headlines. It's it's not a flashy name, but it's exactly what they need. It's a veteran guard who can handle the ball well. He is a great his his for the limited minutes he got a bailer, his assist ratio was assist turnover ratio was incredibly high. He is a Menace on defense, absolute menace. He had multiple games last year with five plus steals. Um, and when he was at, was it Fair, Fairmount, Fairpoint State, Fair State, the school he was at before Baylor, Fairmont a, State, Fairmont State was escaping me for yeah. some reason. He scored the ball at a pretty high level, too. So he can kind of do everything. Look, the one two next year, it's going to be Thornton and Gale, right? You're not looking to add a starting guard or anything like that, you're adding a guy who's going to play. 15 to 18 minutes behind them help Taysen Chapman get accustomed to big Ten play and there's your four guards right there boom you don't need more than four guards just math
0: yeah yeah they
1: they didn't but it would be nice to add, get a, it, it would be um, nice to get a senior when you have sophomore sophomore freshman so bring a senior in and call it yeah
0: like they were not gonna add a guard they weren't gonna add a guard that was gonna take away minutes from any of those guys so not um, even Chapman. they, they love Chapman. To get a they needed to get a splashy player. They needed to get a starter, a guy that scores, a guy that can that has a really high floor. And they went and they did, did that with Jamison Battle. Um, they were not going to do that with a guard. They weren't going to. You don't start Thornton and Gale for game after game after game after game just so that you can bring in another guard to like tell Roddy Gale like you're going to be his backup because he's a stud. Like you're his backup now. That's there. What's the point there? They're going to get a guard that can play behind their starting point guard that can play behind their starting two guard that can play alongside both potentially but they weren't going to try to go get somebody that would take minutes away from the guards that they are currently building up that they think are going to be the guys that lead them to a big 10 championship ideally this season but if not very soon you know they're not trying to slow them down and block their minutes
1: yeah and you have a guy you know he's from cleveland he's a shaker heights kid so you know, he's probably it's the difference with like a Tanner Holden of like Tanner Holden's probably an overseas player, probably can play professionally. Dale Bonner's probably not. So you bring him in for a year. He finishes out his collegiate career, you know,
0: calls it a day. It's not going to move the needle as in like if you had Ohio State finishing fourth next year, adding Dale Bonner is not going to change that. If you had Ohio State finishing 13th next season, adding Dale Bonner is not going to change that. Um, but it, it, it's just I guess it would be the equivalent of a depth move in the in the pros. You're adding somebody, you're 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 patching a hole, you're adding some insurance there. If if God forbid Bruce Thornton or Roddy Gale gets hurt, like a long term injury. Right. That, can, yeah, that's he, another thing is you have someone that can be a starter if God forbid you need it. So he can slide in. I I saw that his his defensive stats. I know last year is like, oh, the you know, they added the I think Ohio State's had, you know, a couple transfers the last couple of years. Jamar Wheeler and like likely that like were touted as like hey, this guy's going to be the best defender in the conference, hands down. I think both of those guys, to be honest, fell short of expectations on the defensive end. Um, so, I, you know, Dale Bonner, I know I've seen the advanced stats on him, like the if you extrapolate steals per 40 minutes and like um, all that kind of stuff. Allegedly, he is a very good defender. He was a very, very good defender on a Baylor team that was ranked like 85th in adjusted defense by Kempom. So. I would I would want to see it. I want to see it on the court against some good teams for Ohio State before I I guess start saying that he's like an elite defender, but allegedly the rep is that he is a very very good defender and I think that slowly they're putting pieces together that this Ohio State defense I think could jump from like really really bad to like not even just average but good but I do think that would require Bryce Sensabaugh to leave.
1: Yeah. If they're
0: going to be a good defensive team, I think Bryce Sense If they're going to be a good defensive team— Or just team, take a leap. Or just I think take that means Bryce Sensabaugh has to go.
1: Or just take a—I I would say take a leap on that end. If you get this <laughs> year's version of that, then yes. But if he gets better at it—
0: I guess, yeah. It. I guess, yeah, if he does get better and he can just be serviceable, then maybe— um, The best thing for Bryce might be if
1: if, he, if if the feedback he gets— is, hey, right now you're an early second-rounder. Go back and get better at defense, which they probably won't tell him, but if they do, and you're a lottery pick, because then that's something that he can actually fo- be a focal point of. I don't think they will. And I still think the mocks to him going to the Rockets is just hilarious, because that team could play defense if their lives depended on it. But, um, yeah, I agree. Especially because the, t- the freshmen you are coming in are touted defensively, right? Scotty Middleton... I think Paul Biancardi said he's one of the best high school defenders he's seen this year of this class, and then same with Devin Royal. So Scotty Milton gets me so excited. Not to go off a little bit on tan- not this won't be a tangent, but every single time I see a list of like guys who performed great here in high school, Scotty Milton's been on that list every single time. Very excited.
0: Yeah, but I yeah that's you get what I'm you yeah you you yeah defensively, if you you're looking at the pieces that are coming together, it's like. They've been really the first couple of Holtman, Ohio state teams were like very good defensively, a couple of good offensive years, a, a really, one really bad offensive year, but the defense was, was consistent. The last couple of years, terrible defensively. And I and I think part of it last year was having Bryce sensible on the floor, just because he gave you a bunch of offense, got to keep on the floor, really, really bad defender. But if he's gone to the NBA, which everybody is saying he's a first round pick every mock draft pretty much has him as a first round pick um every beat writer around the Ohio State beat is pretty much like yes he is a first round pick um if you listen to again what will 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 we'll promote it if you listen to Adam Jardy's Bucca Extra podcast he talked to Bryce at the little like Spring Foundation festival thing and basically Bryce is like yeah what they're saying right now is first round pick I'm pretty sure he's gonzo, and if he leaves, you're putting a defense together where you're going to have like Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale. um, You're going to have a good chunk of Felix Akpara. You're going to have a good chunk of Scotty Middleton all on the floor together, which I really think those guys all together playing their best basketball is like a top 50 defensive team. Which like doesn't sound crazy, but they haven't been top fifty in defense in like three or four years. Like I think they can make a massive jump collectively as a unit defensively, but uh, that might mean that's going to assume Bryce is gone. Well, and
1: that's why when when people that like when pe- when people that don't like Chris Holman as head coach they say why does everyone say the 2020 team that got canceled by COVID was like their best chance at a Sweet Sixteen? You're just saying that because it didn't happen, whatever. The statistics back that up because like you said, they were the best defensive and offensive team that he's had as a, as a mix, right? And we it, it, it's not like these stats are backed up. All the teams that go to the Final Four are top 25 to top 30 defensive teams. They all are. Outside of like some anomalies where you just have unreal offensive teams, kind of like Carolina two years ago, and as we learned, that has not been sustainable, um, you have to be a good defensive team to make any type of run in March. It's just a fact. So that's where I think, although I <laughs> tell you what, Bryce sends playing next to James in battle. That is certified buckets. So
0: is the offense would be, again, if the, like,
1: if the starting lineup next year is Thornton, Gale Sensaball battle and key rock Bar, I'm not going to complain. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, I don't think it's going to happen, but like, I agree. That would be like, they would light up the scoreboard, but like, he's, he's gone unless the only yes, thing that gone. I could see me popping up is like, he wasn't willing to say that he his knee went in that Jardy interview. He's like, "Oh, is your knee 100 percent?" Bryce wasn't willing to go as far as to say, "Yes, I'm 100 good. I'm recovered. We're good to go." He wasn't willing to say that. So unless something pops up with his knee, where teams are like, ah, um, he's he's gone. But yeah. they have the the way the the way the roster has been built slowly with these last two recruiting classes, um, like Felix Acquara. He reminds me a lot of Cliff Amore from Rutgers. Like he's gonna, I can, see, I can see that. He's gonna continue to get better. He's a menace. We've talked about it. Like, wh- and they play Michigan State, and Tyson Walker loves to do the little floater thing. You can see Tyson Walker adjusting his shot every time oh, he yeah. get close to the basket because he has to. He's like calculating in his brain. Okay, I gotta get this floater up at least like fourteen feet in the air because anything within like eight feet, this guy's gonna squat. And he's he's just gonna keep getting better. And I wouldn't say that Roddy or Bruce are great defenders so far, but they're good. They're above average. They're going to keep getting better. And you have all three of those guys together with Scotty, with and Chapman. You see them bring in Dale Bonner, who's apparently a very good defensive player. Devin Royals, an acceptable defensive player. Jamison Battle is serviceable. He, they're They're putting a lot of pieces together where you don't have weaknesses on the defensive end. And it's like, okay, like, I I could see that end of the floor. I could see that side of the floor getting a lot, Boy. lot better this season, especially those freshmen are like those freshmen are good. Yeah. Well, we talked to,
1: when we talked to Chris, not to plug interviews, but I'm going to plug interviews. When we talked to Chris Holtman last year and Scotty Middleton, they both said that was a, a a focus. Chris Holtman said, we've been focusing on getting more two way guys. And Scotty Middleton says, I put emphasis on my defense. I pride myself in it. So That's a benefit. And also when you're as good as Jameson Battle is on the offensive side, you just can't be a liability on defense. You don't got to be good. Just don't be a liability. So that's kind of the big thing there, especially when you surround yourself with other good defenders. Felix Alparo last year was a good example of like stats don't tell the full story because if you're watching the game with your two eyes, you can tell he is affecting how guys go into the paint, how guys approach shooting around him because he's just such a force down there. So. He's only going to get better in that regard if he can become a yeah. ten point per game score.
0: Oh, Lord have mercy. Yeah, that's why I mentioned the Tyson Walker thing because, like, right, that was a good example. I don't yeah. remember if Felix, I don't remember if Felix even blocked Tyson Walker in that game, like in the stat book. But you can see that when guys are going to the basket, they are getting a little psyched out and they're overthinking, especially floaters, layups, things like that, because you have to change the angle of your shot because you know he's going to contest. Everything
1: you know, he's so, there. Man, it's like yeah. it's like a really good isolated corner, right?
0: It, a quarterback doesn't want to throw at him
1: because they know he's there.
0: So, and that's going to create a little conundrum for the coaches, just because with with Zed, man, you've got a you've got a a perfect storm there. That I think you have every reason, if you're the coaching staff, to to basically say, hey, day one, Felix is our starting center. Zed didn't get a full off season as he was, you know, recovering from shoulder surgery. Um you know, Felix is our starting center, but Zed is going to play, quote, starters minutes off the bench. I think you could see that happening. There, because in my, I just think Felix, yeah. Felix brings things to the team offensively and defensively that Zed cannot. So I, I could see that being like, a hey, Felix is our starter to start the season. And I think the reason is because he, he brings them more options offensively and defensively, but they could play it off as, you know, hey, Zed is just a little behind the eight ball right now because of the shoulder surgery. Yeah. I kind of fully expect them to play those
1: two dudes. I don't know who's going to start. I don't know who's going to close, but I pretty much expect them to play 20 and 20. You know, I don't think they'll ever really be on the floor together, especially since they went and got James in battle. He's going to play 30 minutes a game. Probably their backup four will probably be Devin Royal. So you have those two. Um, and yeah, I think Zedkey Key and Felix are probably kind of, this is not a skill set comparison, but it just a minutes comparison of like what, Purdue did with Trayvon Williams and Zach Eady. Because I'm not calling, you know, cause they'd Key Trayvon Williams, but I'm saying they really couldn't be on the floor together, so they basically just played twenty and twenty. Um and we'll see if maybe Austin Parks plays a little bit. I kinda doubt it, but we'll see. I don't know where Kaylin Etzler fits into this team to be honest, because he didn't transfer, but maybe he's the backup four. I have no idea. But I kinda keep forgetting he's there to be honest. But I gotta figure there's a reason he I gotta figure there's a reason that he didn't transfer. I don't know, maybe not.
0: I don't know. I, I you still could potentially, but um, I don't know. Maybe some guys. It's maybe it's the the flip side of what kind of a lot of guys do is maybe certain players really enjoy the the team, the program, the coaches. Right, he and is they a are legacy willing to you know, so. um, you know, s- sacrifice. Yeah, his uncle played at OSU. Like, um, maybe you're willing to sacrifice the personal minutes, the personal production, the potential. I don't know if he was ever going to be a pro player, but like the potential to. Accrue statistics in exchange for contributing to a winning program, even if it's on a smaller scale. I don't know, but I agree. Like that gear, know, may big, never play.
1: That gear is pretty sick. I don't know. <laughs> That's
0: what I'm saying. Like maybe he just you know, loves you just Ohio the State. Shit around
1: he got the, the Ohio State basketball clout. You know, you're six eight. Everyone knows you're coming. I don't know. Fuck it. Who cares?
0: Yeah, I mean, I went to Ohio State. I can promise you that when you see somebody who is like taller than six three and they have the black and red Nike book bag. And they walk in the you know. class, you're like, all right, you're a basketball player, you're a football player, which one? Yeah. Um <laughs> but Those... he may not play. Like the minutes may never open up. He may be at Ohio State, he may never play. It's his choice. Um, you know, but there are definitely some guys in that roster that are taking scholarships that just do not have a path to minutes right now. But uh the the rotation slims down to like seven or eight guys by like March anyways. So um even if he was playing ten minutes a game, he might get wedged out of that rotation by the, towards the end of the season anyways
1: yeah i mean i tweeted today but we're kind of at the point to where if if bryce ends stays in the draft you add one more guy maybe glenn glenn taylor would be a great addition i think he'd probably start at the three um just a guy that people aren't going to like to hear this kind of like justice Sewing, in the sense of how he scores and he's a pack 12 guy and he averaged about the same that comparison's kind of gonna be easy to make. He's not really a shooter; he's more of a slasher. But you don't need a shooter if you have battle. A slasher next to battle is probably your best bet because he can kick the ball out. He's a good rebounder, a good defender. So it, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that pretty much everybody they've targeted in this cycle has been a high major player. Um, it's no secret that mid major players have kind of struggled in that. In that, uh, they don't really get a lot of minutes when they transfer to Ohio State. So we'll see, um, but. I kind of fully... If I had to make a prediction, I'd say Bryce Zimbabwe stays in the draft. They add Glenn Taylor. um, And that's your team
0: 125. They also did not put out the full schedule yet, but they did give the home games, away games, and the home and away games, like breaking it down into the groups. And <clears throat> Ohio State definitely got, they, they kind of got a tough draw, I would say, in the home slash away splits last season, just because ideally you only want to play, okay, this maybe this is, just sounds dumb and basic, but I would say anyways, you only want to play the best teams at home. Like for Purdue, you want to have Purdue at home. You don't want to go to Mackey. For Michigan State you want them to come to you you don't want to go to you don't want to go to uh to Breslin and then you flip it for like the bad teams right you don't want to waste your home games your home only's on the bad teams you don't want to just play Minnesota at home and not go to Minnesota right that's kind of what happened to them last year um but this year as I was saying like they have they have Purdue in Columbus but they do not go to Mackey which I don't even remember the last time they won at Mackey like 2017. They have Maryland at home, but they do not go to the Xfinity Center. Again, I don't even remember the last time they won at the Xfinity Center. I think it was when Thad Mata was the coach way, way, Holman's, way back. Holman's
1: won there once.
0: I don't remember when, Okay, but I do remember I the stat
1: was he's won there once.
0: And then they have Illinois at home. They don't go to the State Farm Center, which they have won a few times, I think, at Illinois. still would rather not go there because they're pretty consistently a good team. Um, but they got some. They got a better cut with the home slash aways this year. Now you still have to go win some basketball games, but um, it's set up a little bit more favorably, I guess. Yeah, I um,
1: when you look at the schedule, I think the things that pop out are how many times can you beat a team twice, <laughs> right? Because that's just kind of how it goes in the Big Ten. Can you and when you look at who they play home and away, you get Minnesota. Penn State, Nebraska, Michigan, who is kind of in flux right now, Indiana, who's kind of they got good news today with Xavier Johnson returning, but they've kind of swing and a miss in the transfer portal this year a little bit as to what they were expected to do. So those are all games you could probably win twice, and that's huge, um, particularly Minnesota and Penn State. Penn State's had a better offseason than they than they were expected to, but they're still a rebuild, and Minnesota's going to be bad next year. So um, I mean, we took their best player. Huh. So, you know, I do think that yeah, it's a benefit. I mean, you look at the Michigan, even though the only away games, Iowa is a influx team. You know, they're going to lose Chris Murray. Peyton Sanford might be their best returning player. Good player. But um, Northwestern, I mean, they, they're they either going to be bottom three in the Big Ten if Boo Boo and Chase Aldiz leave, or if they come back, they'll probably be ranked. So question mark on them and then Michigan State, that'll be senior day. That's just always a toss up, so who knows? Probably lose. But it's it's nice that like you said, they just they didn't get really screwed on the home home and away games. Those are there's a lot of games they can split on. There's a lot of games they can win both those games. Um so I mean Minnesota, Nebraska, Penn State, that could be six wins right there. It's more than they had in the Big Ten last year. So that's uh I I I don't think you could look at the schedule the Bart Tarvik, Bart Torvik My apologies if I messed that up, came out with like his early like strength of schedule and Ohio State was thirteenth in the Big Ten on their conference strength of schedule.
0: So Michigan was one. (laughs)
1: Like
0: last year I think they got Penn State at home, if I remember correctly, but they didn't play at Penn State. Um same thing, they, they got Minnesota, I think, at home, and they. I don't think they went and played at Minnesota last year. No, because um, we were
1: like, oh, it's only one win, and then they lost
0: to Minnesota, we were like, oh. So it was like, those are the kind of games that if you're a good team, you want to, like, if you're going to have an away only, let's make it Minnesota. Like, let's not waste our home games with Minnesota at home, same with Penn State. Last year, they kind of got some bad teams at I say bad because Ohio State was also bad, but I guess yes. these other teams, these other teams were bad too. They were both bad. Yeah. Like they, they got, yeah, they could both be bad, right? For sure. They got bad teams at home, and they had to go on the road and face some some pretty good teams in the road onlys and the splits and things like that. So I just you still have to go out and win games. It's you know to a certain point, how much does home or away make a difference? I think it does, but you still have to still got to go win some games. I just think that this year. It's a little bit better and we'll see what they what they get for game times. Those won't be set in stone until probably like October. But uh, that's the other thing that fans fans notice for sure, because you don't get like there were very few um, like weekend afternoon games. Right. You got a lot of you got a ton of like weeknights at like 8 p.m. games or if you did play weekend afternoon games, it was almost always on the road. And that's when you draw the most fans. That's when you get families out. That's when you get the most students in is like the weekend noon games. And I think Ohio State only had two or three of those last year. They played a lot of those on the road, but they only had like two or three of them. So I'll say um, this, man. That'll be ironed out down the road. That
1: huge complaint everybody had last year of like, there's no games at home. You don't have that complaint this year. Illinois comes to your, your arena. Purdue comes. Michigan comes. Indiana comes. AM comes. West Virginia comes to Ohio. Not, not Ohio State, but Ohio. There's a lot of games that. uh. There's that you a lot of. There's out. a lot of coming going on. Yes. Yes. I'll. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to repeat that, but yes. It's, AM will be fun to start the season. Because that's. A, that's oh, I mean, November 10th, there might be a game before that. That could very much. That could very well be the, the season opener, though. And AM is going to be a top 20 team next year. They didn't lose anybody but Dexter Dennis. So. That guard matchup of Roddy Gale and Bruce Thornton against Tyrese Radford and uh, Wade Taylor. Oh, I'm here for that. Henry Coleman against Felix Akbar is Zed Keat. I'm here for that. It's a good game.
0: Buzz Williams' sweat against Chris Holtman's shoes. You got some good home games next season. I'm trying to think so they got... Oh, yeah, that was another... OS, I think OSU tweeted out the graphic of like all their home games. Yeah, you have those big Big Ten games, and you got uh, A&M coming. Do they have another one? Western not Michigan not on for my for my Mac fans. Okay. Okay. Oh, not another home game, but they will have the CBS Sports Classic. So, I mean, your non-conference is stacking up to be, right. again... That'll be UCLA, um, right? Pretty strong. You'll have the CBS Sports Classic. You'll have Texas A M. and Emerald Coast Classic. last year at UNC.
1: Yeah, and the Kentucky game was canceled, but they said they're not going to like... that. They're just going to keep the schedule. So, the schedule will be UCLA, who lost everybody. So, we'll see about that team.
0: Yeah. Um... So that's all the Ohio State stuff we got. I think the last thing that we should hit on, just because it's funny to me, um, it makes me haha laugh, but also um, this is a, to me, one of the top probably 10 basketball programs in the country over the past 20 years is what's going on with the University of Michigan's basketball team right now and their roster, just kind of the fallout from last season. Um, and the fact that they basically have um, one of their one of Michigan's best basketball players ever in school history. and Juwan Howard is the head coach. So it's a lot tougher to just cut ties and say like, all right, you've done a bad job. You're gone. And sever that relationship. Um, shouts the, the, tor- shouts the situation is not good.
1: It's not great. No. Um, I mean, so a lot of it's, I think is going to depend on three things. One, what is Caleb Bluff? Right. What are you getting in killeb? Are you getting the guy that hit the biggest shot in u n c you know the past ten years, or are you getting the guy that shot the ball thirty five times in a game right what what killble are you getting secondly, what kind of Jalen Llewellyn are you getting right because he was kind of struggling before he got hurt, then he got hurt, but he's still a very talented player he's gonna be back. What kind of Jalen Llewellyn are you getting and also this is the one that I think is obvious. Does Hunter Dickinson just come back? Because that's a possibility. Uh, I know there was some rumors they're trying to put together some kind of NIDO, NIL deal for, or for him. Um, he was visiting Kentucky the other day. I don't, so if Hunter Dickinson comes back, I think a lot of this is moot. I still think they're a top six team in the conference. But if he doesn't, then... I mean, Terrence Reed looked very good when he played last year. But without Hunter Dickinson kind of is he the guy, is he not the guy? You have Jalen Llewellyn. you have Caleb Love, you have Jamari Bur- uh, Burnett from um Namari, sorry, Burnett from Alabama who was like kind of really good in high school, but he kind of wasn't that great at Bama. So you don't really know what he is. They thought they were getting Oliver insert last name here from Tennessee. Doesn't look like did he did he commit somewhere? I don't know. I don't think he's going to Michigan though. Thought they might no, get Matthew. No. Thought they might get Matthew Cleveland. He put out top three. Michigan wasn't even on it, so they had a real chance to kind of really, really like nail the transfer portal. It looks like they probably hit a single. Like they almost hit a home run, but it bounced off the wall, and they were kind of cheering because they thought it was a home run. So they only got one base out of it. And um, you know, you lose. I don't think they expected to lose Kobe Bufkin. I think the way he played at the end of the season was it was kind of like a Malachi Brandon thing for Ohio State. They knew that he'd be good, but he kind of over overplayed his hand a little bit, and now he's going to the draft. Chet Howard was always a one-and-done. Um, to be honest, Chet Howard probably shouldn't have been a one-and-done, but he was always a one-and-done. So I think a lot of it is just going to come down to, can you get Hunter Dickinson to come back? I don't think they did enough in the portal to get him to come back, and, go, and That's they're not going to be great. <laughs> but again, you have Caleb Love. He might win you a couple games. He might lose you a couple. I don't know. It's going to be fascinating to watch, that's for sure.
0: Doug McDaniel. Yeah, it's kind of a it's yeah, it's a it's kind of a mess because, you know, not a great back-to-back not good regular seasons. Uh 2 seasons ago though, I I believe two years ago, yeah, they they still somehow made the Sweet 16 after a a very a very mediocre okay regular season that does not live up to the standards that Michigan has for their program, but still made the Sweet 16. So at the end of the day, you say, okay, it was a good year, made Sweet 16. This year, not so much. Um, didn't make the tournament. Same as Ohio State. Um, this is not meant to be a, a, a segment to, to bash Michigan. This is not just an Ohio State podcast. People forget. Um, we're just talking about hoops. Um, but just not a great season. And then you have guys decommitting. They had a, a big man named uh, Papa Conte, which is a great, great name, uh, decommitted. So basically, Michigan's 2023 class is just George Washington, who was an Ohio State commit. Yeah, now player. he's going to be a Michigan player. Good player. Um, good. Yeah, right. Good player, a mid-level four-star guy probably doesn't move the needle at all for this year. Um, but you lose Jet Howard, you lose Kobe Bufkin. Um, I would be blown away if Hunter Dickinson came back to Michigan, but again, he is a podcaster. He, he goes for content. It would be great content if he came back to Michigan. So I guess keep your eyes on that. Um, but I, I doubt it. He's probably gone. Um, you had Greg Glenn just transferred out You had Isaiah Barnes transferred out. They get Trey Jackson from Seton Hall to come in. They get Caleb Love for, it's like, they're just like, they lost so many players. Now they're just throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall right now. And it just doesn't look like high quality stuff that they're throwing at the wall altogether. And it's, it's kind of like a, I don't know if it's a make or break season for Juwan Howard, but you're coming off of two straight years where they just, they were not in the picture for a big Ten title back to back years. Like it was just, they, they were not in that picture towards the top at all. Um, I don't know how it looks for Jawan Howard if you have another year where you're just not competitive for a Big Ten title because um, just like what Ohio State, you've said this a bunch of times, just like what Ohio State fans are saying about Chris Holtman, Michigan fans are saying about Jawan Howard. Like The standard at Michigan, just like it is at Ohio State, is not just to make the tournament. It's to compete at the top of the conference and win the conference, and it is to go deep in the tournament. So if they have a third straight year that's difficult, I just don't know what happens with Juwan Howard because it's it's not like Ohio State's situation where hypothetically, you know, you fire Chris Holtman, he doesn't have long-standing ties with the school. I'm not saying they will, but like hypothetically, you could. It's more like the Georgetown situation, like you said, you can't just fire one of the greatest players in your program's history and sever that relationship, not only with him but potentially with other former players that are upset if you fired him after, you know, a few seasons. like well, yeah, You just got to pray that you get sick of him. <laughs> you have to hope that you have to hope that Juwan Howard decides, like if it goes poorly, like, mean, yeah. you know, Michigan fans have to hope that he decides that it's time to go. So it's just, it's a, it's a mess. Um, they're trying to throw it together. If Caleb Love is not great, I don't know. I'm just making the popcorn because. They're going to be a, a fun team. team. They're going to be a upset. must watch kind. Of- I think it could be very similar to the way we talked
1: about Ohio State last year, a year ago. Remember we were always saying, like, they could be good, they could be bad, but they're probably gonna be pretty entertaining. They end up being pretty bad and also not that entertaining, but nevertheless.
0: Yeah, I mean like Doug McDaniel's a good player, he's gonna get better. George Washington is probably gonna show up and play more minutes than maybe he expected he was going to now. Um he'll be a fun player. Um Terrace Reed's a really interesting player that um, I think he played better basketball towards the end of the season for Michigan, but there were also tons sure. of games um, where it's like this man truly has, he has zero range outside of right below the basket. And at one point his free throw percentage was like 35% where I thought it was a typo. So he got better as the season went on, but uh, so far hasn't quite lived up to the, like, the recruiting hype. It's time, to see, it's time to see if Jawan Howard can, you know, develop players from like their first year to second year, second year to third year, that kind of thing. Right.
1: Yeah. He hasn't really tried to do that yet. <laughs> All their best players were freshmen. I think that and Co- and Kobe Buffkin might be the best Yeah. I mean, Kobe so Buffkins
0: yeah. He's a good example of a kid that got considerably better as his second year. But for the most part, I think well, that while well, Howard's been there, his, his best players have been mostly Hunter Dickinson paired with, said freshman
1: yeah well people don't know about kobe bufkin was he actually left high school early so he was only 17 his freshman year at michigan so that freshman to sophomore jump was also just him kind of growing into his body and stuff and he's only 18 now so he's going to be a really really highly touted prospect i thought maybe one more kind of like sensible i thought maybe one more year he could jump into like the top 10 but you know if if you have a chance to be a first rounder
0: you don't you don't let that pass yeah i agree all right that's pretty good. We got anything else to hit on before we get out of here? Nah. All right. Well, if you found us on the website, uh, make sure to also subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, um, wherever else you get your music and podcasts. Um... You can follow us on Twitter. Justin plays this card where he says he doesn't use Twitter, but he's still scheming on the uh, Bucketheads account like every single day. He is checking it. Oh, I usually use the Bucketheads account for sure. You gotta use the
1: Bucketheads account. You know what I'm saying? I just my personal account is pretty much inactive.
0: So you can follow us there. It's at Bucketheads L G P N at Bucketheads L G P N. You can follow me at Lemons underscore Connor. It's L E M O N S underscore Connor. You made it this far. We appreciate you. Happy off season. Have a great weekend. Go, bud. Go, Cavs.